It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, news that the state of Ohio is offering free services to local government entities to boost their cybersecurity preparedness and resilience. It's called the Ohio Persistent Cyber Improvement Program, and we talked about it with Mark Bell, who's with the Ohio National Guard, working as the Cybersecurity Outreach Coordinator for the Ohio Adjutant General's Department. We'll come to that state or local entity. We'll review what we call their cyber inventory. What do they have? Go over what we call the best practices based on the NIST framework. You know, this is what best practices are. Here's ways that you can get better, uh, and then leave them with a set of recommendations. Now, again, this is a, a voluntary program. We can't make anybody do anything. It's it's purely educational and assistance, uh, but it provides them with both training and education as well as uh, experts who can come in and provide them with, with that recommendation of how to get better. The next gateway is where we're actually helping them develop their cyber response plans. Uh, it's really important that any entity, whether they be a, a public entity or a private entity, have a plan of how they're going to handle a cyber event before it happens. And so when we say training, it's, it's more than just, you know, people think of training, they think, oh, I'm going to take some online class, I click a couple buttons and I'm done. This is much more comprehensive than that. So we're going to teach them the basic concepts of what all of these different parts of the cybersecurity framework are, and then help them develop the tools that they need. So that includes a cyber response plan and how does that work for their entity, a continuity of operations plan, how do you continue to do business in a cyber threat environment. If you haven't planned that ahead of time, you're going to be making it up on the fly, and that sometimes leads to problems. And then the second part of this is how to conduct and then actually help them run what we call a tabletop exercise, where you walk through, it's a talking exercise, where you walk through step by step by step, what do I do? if and when I have a cyber event, and then you identify the gaps that you have, and then you leave them again with recommendations of how to make that better. There are some other parts to the CISA grant that go beyond what we call the Ohio Persistent Cyber Improvement Program that you're referring to. Not all of those are quite ready for prime time, but we're also looking at some state aggregating purchasing so that people can get cyber prevention tools at a much, much lower price. If you're a small entity and you go out and you're negotiating with large vendors, they're going to charge you one price. If we're using statewide purchasing, we can negotiate a much, much lower price, which will allow uh, local entities to get tools that maybe they couldn't afford otherwise. And to, to put it in regular terms, you know, if you go to a convenience store and you buy something, that per unit cost is going to be pretty high, right? You're paying for convenience. If you go to a big box store like Costco or Sam's Club, you can get that same thing in a huge bulk. But the unit price is much, much less, and and that means that you know when you're a, a larger entity, and certainly you know Akron that you mentioned is a, a fairly good sized city, these things typically are priced on what's called seat licenses, right? So for every computer, every laptop, every server that you have, if you're going to put this software or uh, monitoring device on this, they charge you by that amount, you know that number of licenses that you need. If you're a small entity, you know, we, we've got just one example where a license is over $50 a seat, but by using a much larger buying package, you can get those down to, you know, 5 or $6 a seat. 
that becomes significant if you're talking of hundreds and hundreds of seats that need to be protected using that particular software or that particular device. So that aggregate purchasing piece can be a significant savings for local government. I also was wondering, what does the National Guard do and what kind of expertise do you have that maybe local governments or other government agencies don't have that you have that you could help them with? Well, there's, there's actually two parts of this. One is that within the forces of, of the Ohio National Guard, both on the Army side, of course, there's the, the Ohio National Army Guard and there's the Ohio National Air Guard, right? So there's two two different kind of components. Both those entities have units who have a federal mission to do cybersecurity. And just like any other disaster that could befall a local community, that disaster is beyond that community's ability to handle. They can reach out through the emergency system and the governor can then direct the guard to respond. And certainly that has happened in the past where guard units have come the direction of the governor and responded to a cyber event. The other force that we have now that's relatively new, it was passed in state law in the end of 2019, took effect in early 2020, the Ohio Cyber Reserve. They also have the capability to be a response force at the direction of the governor. And so that is another tool in the toolbox that can come out and respond to those. So the I guess the the key things here are the the local entity has to request it. It's got to go up to the the, the system, to the governor. The governor then directs either the guard or the reserve to respond to that entity. And so that is certainly something that's available to uh, local governments, just as if it were a flood or a tornado, you know, some sort of natural disaster. At the governor's direction, the guard can respond to those. And when you think about bringing in uh, the National Guard and federal resources. Is it that your units would have some specialized knowledge about national security issues that might be raised in a cyber attack that maybe the locals would not have, or just that you are more highly trained to a finer point, maybe than people that might be on hand in your basic city government? I will say that I have met a number of people who work in local government who are incredibly skilled. Um, So I'm I'm not so sure it's so much a skill issue, although our, our people are certainly highly skilled. But many local entities have limited numbers of individuals who are you know, cyber professionals. So there's a difference between an IT professional and a cyber professional. It's, it's a level of, of training that you've had. And so a large incident requires a greater number of people perhaps than that local government has on hand. So it would be, I think, more of a question of scale maybe because I certainly wouldn't want to you know, denigrate the local capabilities. I think many of them are, are highly talented. But if you don't have very many, or in some cases, if you're a small township, you might not have any at all, right? It's just not in your employment set. And so for a situation like that, certainly outside help would be helpful. Then the final question, as AI has taken off and seems to be developing more rapidly than anybody really expected, is there any kind of new training or new resources that your division can bring to bear, recognizing that as a kind of an amplified threat right now? You know, AI can be used for both good and for ill. And in the cyber realm, there's really kind of two different types of AI action that we're seeing. One is where they're using AI to help them make their phishing attempts 
better. You know, in the old days, we used to tell people, well, you know, if it's an email, it has bad spelling and doesn't sound like a native English speaker and the grammar is bad. There's a good chance that that, that is malware or spamware. Using AI, they can actually proofread those just like, you know, when you type a Word document or an email and you're getting potential corrections to your spelling and grammar, the bad guys have those tools as well. So it makes the malware encrusted emails or spamware look more professional and more believable. The logos look just like the real logos and, and it makes it harder for people to tell what's real and what's not real. The other way that AI is being used today is to help the bad actors do things in an automated way. You know, you, you see TV and someone sitting there banging on a keyboard and that's not really how it's happening. They're running automated scripts and, and the AI is monitoring things. And then after they spot a vulnerability, then the human beings will come in and do what they do. But we can also use AI for defense as well. So AI can tell you when something is happening in your network that isn't normal, right? It's outside the realm of normal and can scan a much vaster amount of information than a human being can. It's just faster. So AI can be both good or ill and our teams are constantly training. We just had a large exercise, I don't know if you heard about it, called Ohio Cyber Guardian. It was conducted down at the University of Cincinnati in the Ohio Cyber Range uh, for our Ohio Cyber Reserve teams. It's both a training and a validation and instant response. So training is ongoing and the bad guys are constantly evolving, so we have to constantly evolve as well. All this, of course, is music to the ears of the city of Akron's chief technology manager, Darren Rosneck, who says they've mostly gotten cybersecurity advice and training from the Federal Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, also known as CISA. But he does say the Ohio National Guard has most definitely been helpful, especially, he says, a few years ago when the city was trying to respond to and recover from a major cyber attack. The Ohio National Guard in 2019 supported Akron in probably what could be considered a very traumatic time during that cyber event that we had. They were in place, but as far as I knew, it was one of the initiatives that they were really starting to do and provide those type of services more and more across the state. I'm really hoping to see this, once it's in place, become that partnership between the federal, the state, and then the locals to give us that pipeline of information and pipeline of expertise that, you know, at this level, it is very hard to have. We have very talented crew. I have a fantastic IT organization here, and we have great knowledge, but at this level, it is so hard to keep up with the pace at which cybersecurity and technology grows. So we are always looking for those pillars of support that we can lean on. And I really look forward to seeing as this program rolls out, the type of services that can help the city of Akron protect its citizens, protect our data, protect our assets. So that way our level of service isn't interrupted to the citizen by these bad actors that are always looking to find a way to disrupt service at a governmental level. We just had a story this morning where the Ohio Jobs and Family Services was impacted once again, and they had to lock down a bunch of accounts for unemployment claims because hackers had got a hold of stolen ID credentials and used that to access the system. And so they shut it down proactively, but then there was people who were legitimately trying to get their claims and they couldn't get their claims. And then they were on the phones and it was a big deal on the state level. 
And this is an agency that's actively been trying to work to cut out fraud or block fraud for, geez, ever since the start of the pandemic, it's yep. been an issue. And despite their best efforts, they're having these issues. So I'm wondering if this increased support, one, whether it's going to help out with things like that, and two, whether the state's going to be able to even focus at the local level if they've got all these problems at the state level. And that is always the concern. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I hate saying that. I'd love to be able to say that the city of Akron, we're 100% secure, but nobody is truly 100% secure. So our focus at cybersecurity level at the city of Akron is to make sure we have that perimeter of security, but also have really well-defined path for recovery and for remediation. So it's minimizing the risk that could possibly happen. And it is a concern that as these grow, where do these resources that the governor is putting in place, where will they be able to be focused on and how much of that could come down to a municipality of our size or Canton's or even smaller because we see that with grants. Grants are not the easiest thing for cybersecurity to get. And you would think they are, but they're really tied to homeland security or they're tied to safety forces. And for an IT organization like ours, we're part of the city, not just safety forces. So cybersecurity grants sometimes don't exactly fit into that mold. And it's very hard to get into that funding to help support the initiatives that we need to have to really protect that security wall that we're trying to build for the city of Akron. So I'm really, really hoping that as this gets put together and these pillars that they're putting in place, the effort is kind of put in to make sure that the smaller to medium municipalities are given resources and giving the ability to interact with this organization consistently is the main key, but also providing those resources to help us get to some of those funds that are at the federal level that we don't necessarily have a straight path to get to now, which would really help our citizens, really help our services at the city is just being able to get some of that to be able to support our needs. It is hard, you know, to ask for funds when you're standing side by side of the same people who are asking for funds to fix potholes, because those are tangible. They affect the citizen there. And I understand it. I'm a, I'm a citizen. I drive through them as well. So it is hard for me to stand and say, well, I need some of that money from potholes to be able to make sure that we can put in place all these you know, security barriers that are kind of invisible and everybody knows they're there, but they don't have the same effect. So funding wise, it is a balancing act that a municipality at our level has to take. And I'm hoping that this organization and the communication that they can provide down to the municipalities really gives us that path to have those conversations and find those funding sources. Yeah, that sounds really good. And, you know, one of the things that you just said that caused me a little pause, and, you know, I certainly have been reflecting on this, is no matter how safe you are, there's always some threat out there yes. that is going to be able to evade your defenses and get in. And then the task is remediation and then recovery, et cetera, right? I was having a conversation just a few weeks ago 
with John Nicholas, who formerly was at the University of Akron. Now he's down in mm-hmm. Muncie. And we were talking about the oncoming or at least growing threat from AI and bad actors using artificial intelligence, which is going to make them exponentially faster and smarter and more nimble and and even better able to avoid best laid plans of mice and men, right? Yes. And so I said to him, well, well, you know, what if these bad guys have the AI? And he said, well, then the good guys are going to have to get their own AI and then the AIs will be duking it out. And I'm like, Okay. I mean, that sounded a little bit scary to me. It is. I've had this conversation quite a bit recently, and especially municipality our size, and, and it goes to this funding issue. And it it really is scary because it is nigh impossible for us to be able to keep up with that. We fight every day. AI, you know, I'm talking about chat GPD. And I'm, I'm discussing how AI and and Microsoft is coming out with their own. And from a government side, AI is scary because a lot of the data we deal with is so sensitive, but it needs data to be an AI. I mean, that's literally what it it needs to grow. It needs to learn. And it is really from a cybersecurity standpoint, you know, phishing emails is one of the primary ways that we're attacked daily, thousands upon thousands of times daily. And the factor they're going after is the employee because the employee can only be secured through education. So you have to educate your employees. You have to educate them on what to do, what not to do, how fast to get to us, how to to get the cybersecurity team so that way we can remediate if anything happened. With something like AI, we take a phone call for service and we ask questions and we, we make sure and identify who it is we're talking to and we're trying... AI can get around all that. So as an IT organization in cybersecurity, we're going to have to try and learn how now to secure in a different way. So, you know, what is that? Do we take a step back a little bit and do things less over the phone and more in person? How do we try and minimize that risk that AI performs to us right now without really having an AI team. I'm never going to have an AI team to sit and like, that's all they do is understand how this works and then create AI initiatives to affect that. So uh, going back to this organization that the governor is putting in place and even CISA at the federal level, we're really going to be thirsty to have them start to give us the initiatives and the knowledge of what to do at our level to protect our organization from these much larger threats because they're going to have to set those guidelines and they're going to have to set those pathways for us because there's just very little chance at our level we're going to be able to keep up with this as it really starts to plume into this this severe threat that it could be hopefully it doesn't but everybody you know like you said best laid plans of mice and men everybody with a good plan there's always somebody who has a bad one you know, who, who just wants to perform bad things. So that I think is what I really, really hope this organization kind of turns into is that guiding light. Over the last few years, I think I've met with a few different countries with Akron Global Ties. They've brought in some India, young lady from China. We, we met with some 
from Norway and Germany and a couple. And the one thing that kind of resounded after meeting with them was the amount of direction their governmental level provides when it comes to cybersecurity. Because it was kind of, they came in to retrospect about our event and kind of talk about some of the cybersecurity initiatives. So it was interesting to hear. Now, granted, they're much smaller countries and they're more focused, but those are the type of things that I think IT organizations like Akron are really needing for support from the state and the federal level is that structure in some of those principles and even planning mechanisms to help us institute some of this because we're not going to have the resources to really do that unless they help us in that way. So if I had a chance to sit down and talk to them, that would be really where I would focus my conversation is giving that structure that allows us to, yes, build our own strategy, but we have a structure and a roadmap from the state and the federal level of the the right and wrong way, the, the applications that are approved, certified systems. So, you know, we, yes, we have to go out and we have to bid, we have procurement rules. But if the state was to supply us a list of state-certified cybersecurity tools or even companies that they consider certified at the state level, then it narrows us from having to do this large, huge search and spend all this time trying to find tools to fit the need we have if the state was to just give us, here's the certified state cybersecurity tools, and then get them through GSA pricing and all this type of stuff to help us at the local municipality level. That's interesting to me because what I had heard after the city had the cyber attack a few years ago is that it it really did affect a lot of the hardware and and hardware had to be replaced, right? And I think that most average citizens, when they think of cyber attacks, in their minds, it's all just viruses and software and you know, you run a cleaner on your computer and then it's gone. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that really it's the actual hardware in some instances that the way it was designed, there's nothing you can do if it gets attacked or hacked or infected other than just go buy a new one, which is really expensive, right? Which is why probably you're saying, hey, we need to have an approved vendors list so that when we go out for bids, we're getting the right stuff and we don't wind up with something that's cheaper, but not as good, right? I mean, that's where you're going with this, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've refreshed massive amounts of hardware since 2019 to try and minimize the risk because hardware ages the same as software does. So cybersecurity is, you know, your entire platform. If your hardware is aging, Yeah, your software could be good, but your hardware is still vulnerable. The same is with your people. Like we went through organizational change at that time as well, because municipalities can get very complacent when it comes to IT, because it's kind of this hidden thing. You come in every day, your computer turns on, you have your camera, little malfunction, but you get your email, everything works on a daily basis. So when it comes to funding and it comes to personnel, like that's as much of a risk at the local government level as well. So being able to supplement that with state resources is going to be important. The hardware, making sure that we have pathways to be able to remediate hardware and knowledge to understand 
what that has to be done or how it has to be done is invaluable at our level. So if you had to say, you know, to your average citizen out there in Akron, kind of what their big takeaway on this would be with regard to, one, what the city's already doing, and then two, what you could be doing and what they can do to help. I mean, I don't know that there is anything that me as an average citizen paying my water bill can do to help with cybersecurity. I mean, is there anything? You just need to be aware and educate yourself a little bit on what a threat of cybersecurity is to you because we can spread cybersecurity issues the same as you can a virus or a cold. I mean, so you want to do everything in your power to educate yourself on what that means at your level. So if you get an email that requests that you send $20 to a prince in Iran, don't do it. Don't give up your bank accounts. If you don't recognize the email address, don't don't reply to it. Just get rid of it. If you have devices at home, get an antivirus system. I don't care whether it's a cheap McAfee or a Norton or a free one that you can get. Find ways to protect yourselves. There are resources available. I know the libraries as well as the community centers. There's a lot of new initiatives in communities to start to try and help educate the citizen on cybersecurity. From our standpoint, we have to get better as a citizenship on what it really means for password security or identity management. We're so flagrant with like our social media and all of this stuff. You'd be surprised what a bad actor can pull and use almost immediately against you or against anybody you know. And we're the same way at the municipality level. If I was to say anything to the citizens of Akron, I would say between 2019 and now, we are substantially heads and shoulders better. We are making efforts every day to secure the city, to secure its assets, to secure our employees, to be able to serve the citizens of Akron. We are civil servants, the same as, you know, the water department or engineering So we have the same passion to help secure the citizens and serve them as every other division in the city. And we are the quiet workforce that is really trying to make sure that if you get a service from the city of Akron, your data is secure, you as a a citizen are secure, and that entire roadmap between us and you is secure and functional and the water turns on every day. You can get your trash picked up every week. And we're helping to make sure that that is also a data secure and a cyber secure environment for everybody. And then one final question as we wrap up, you kind of piqued my interest when you were talking there about the challenges of AI. And you were saying, you know, it's really ramping up these bad actors' ability. I'm assuming what you meant was it's ramping up their ability to do social engineering in terms of pretending to be somebody on a phone, right? Which is yeah. which is why you mentioned, I don't know, maybe we're going to have to go back to more in-person services, which I thought, well, that's interesting because what if people were told, well, you're going to have to go line up down at the water department if you have a question instead of calling them on the phone. I mean, that might not make them happy, but it might make them more secure, right? Yes, it, it is a tough question. You know, it, it really is. And it could be us getting a call to work on a city cell phone or a citizen calling the water department, there's going to be a balance. We're going to have to find one. Uh, There always has to be a balance point. Some of that we're trying to implement a new billing system. So maybe that interaction with the citizen changes anyways. So maybe you build upon that to 
allow for a uh, portal for the citizen and some multi-factor authentication like you do for your bank to, to right. help with the security of it. It's tough. I've worked for the city 29 years uh, next week. So we don't move fast. Government has a tendency to not move fast because we'll get in a, a little bit of that governmental phase where you're debating, you're trying to figure out the right way. Money is tight. So you want to make a right decision. The problem is technology is not slow. It moves so fast that sometimes government has a hard time adjusting to the nimbleness that cybersecurity and, and IT threats can cause. And I think that's one place where we have to get better is being able to be nimble in this. And AI is one that came really out of nowhere. About the last right. six months, mm -hmm. it is all of a sudden it's a daily topic on TV. You know, my son can get on the internet and pull up a, an AI program and have it writing song and it can have him writing code as a cybersecurity threat. So it is going to be very interesting and difficult for, especially, you know, and, and we're a medium-sized city. I can't, I can't imagine the pressure at some of the smaller townships or municipalities where they don't even have the resources we do in what's coming their way, because it really is, it is concerning. Concerning is the best way I can put it is I haven't seen yet the full ramifications of what could come, but I talk enough people talk to enough people in the industry, it is coming and we are going to have to find a balance point. Nobody expected AI to come on as quickly. My personal opinion is that it's been rolled out irresponsibly too quickly. And I don't feel like you should roll out technology that nobody knows how to control, even the people that made it. And they're not confident that they can control it. And yet they sent it out to the rest of us. And now all the bad guys have it as well. And, yes. you know, they're more than happy to exploit the weaknesses that they find. So the fact that we're all in the same boat is, I guess, is a tiny bit comforting. But, you know, if the boat's got a hole in the hole, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not real thrilled about that part, you know. So, yeah, uh, obviously, it's a challenge we're all going to be facing together. And I'm just thrilled that you're looking at it and other responsible people at the state level and the national level, certainly CISA is going to be there to give some advice and, and now the state. So that's good. You know, that that's positive. Yes. And also, I think it's good that we let people know, hey, this is an issue. We all have to look at it as a society and we all have our part to play in it. I think when people throw up their hands and say, well, it's somebody else's job, that's a problem. So we all have to, I guess, do our part. At least I know that somebody at some level, whether it's the state and the federal and now at your level, that somebody's trying to fix it. That's a good thing. So we're all going to keep our fingers crossed and, and hope this all works out, I guess. You know? Hopefully it's a little more than fingers crossed, but no, oh. you're, you're, we're learning the same as everybody else is as it yeah. comes to us. And to go to your point where they, they release and they don't know how to control it, we're also looking to some of those larger technology companies to help with that as well. I mean, you have Microsoft is putting billions behind their own version of some of this. You have IBM, you have Oracle, like all of these companies are also going to try and wrangle that cat, so to speak, as it's, it's now out. And as a government agency, we're going to be looking to some of them to help us 
steer through this as well, because they're providers of a lot of the services that we run all of our core systems off of, you know, every day. So it's, it's also my hope that not just at the Ohio and the Fed level, but the private industry that government really relies on to support its daily business operations. I mean, every computer around us is running Windows. So Microsoft is getting into that game. So they're also going to have to get into the game of securing that as well and how to defend against that. So hopefully those initiatives start up as well. And they're not just putting all their R&D into creating their own. They're actually right. trying to help right. you know, everybody defend against the ones that are coming. Because it, it's almost getting to the point where you're, well, and it was already starting, is it's really designer hacking mm-hmm. is, is really what's happening. You know, you're having pseudo companies, these hacker companies that all they're doing is creating the actual packets that are being deployed. They're not even the ones that are deploying them. They're just selling them to the highest bidder. Somebody else runs the actual attack. And, you know, that is so hard to defend against, you know, especially as rapidly as it comes. So, we look to our third parties. We ourselves are lucky enough to have a company like Involta that is local that we leverage as a partner for, for help on this. You, you have binary defense and you have trusted sec, which are right up the road. So as an area, we have great resources to fall back on. Now, all of them cost money, which is budget. And you know, at a, at a governmental level, we have to be precise in our spending. But we are lucky enough to have some of those resources locally that if something was to happen, I have no doubt that I could pick up the phone and call in Volta while we're trying to minimize this. And they would come to help the city of Akron because you know they're invested in the city of Akron the same way we are. So we have some of these partners that are available to us. Sikich is another one locally that we rely on. And that will be so important moving forward as what we're going to see is a change in how cybersecurity is. We're going to kind of see it metamorphize into something new that is going to be a different threat very rapidly than what we currently have as threats. And that's going to take a lot of focus and a lot of work at the governmental level to try and help minimize that threat and keep our security posture as good as it is right now, with the city of Akron in particular. That was the city of Akron's chief technology manager, Darren Rosneck. Thanks to him and to Mark Bell from the Ohio National Guard for sharing information on how the state of Ohio is planning to beef up its efforts to help local governments with cybersecurity and why that's so important from the city of Akron's point of view. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.